This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. It's good to be back on the mic. You still have to respect the bird, and that is the word. And that is the word. The, the bird is 8-1. They are no longer undefeated. It sucks. What I said before the game was, I don't mind the Eagles not going undefeated as long as they don't lose to a divisional opponent for their first loss. And what happened? They lost to a divisional opponent for their first loss. I knew there was a reason that this game made me nervous. I should have seen this coming. Because let me take you back to 2020. A team called the Pittsburgh Steelers, led by Ben Roethlisberger, was 11-0. And they were winning all these close games. They even beat the Eagles. They even beat the Eagles because they pulled away in the fourth quarter. They came into that game favored, played against Washington, a mediocre Washington team, and they lost. They lost in a similar type game as last night. Fast forward to the next year, I decide to go because I got to see Tom Brady in person. I've never seen him in person. I decide to go to the Commanders. Well, they weren't the Commanders. They were still the Washington football team. Versus the Buccaneers. And I was like, I was just laughing and joking. I was like, oh, y'all gonna lose. Y'all not gonna beat Tom Brady. Y'all not gonna beat the Bucks. And it was a close game. Heineke was making good decisions. He was running when he had to. And the Bucks were turning the ball over. Tom Brady had two interceptions in the first half. And it just looked like Washington was the better team. The Bucks started to wake up. They threw a late touchdown pass. And then they didn't see the ball for like the last 10 minutes of the game. Because the Washington Commanders ran the ball down their throats. Now fast forward to the Eagles versus Cowboys in October. The Eagles go up 20 to 3. I'm having a good old time. The Cowboys come back. Cut it to 20 to 10. Mostly ran the ball. Zeke had like three big runs on that drive. Then the drive to cut it to three to 20 to 17 was like an was like a 90 yard six, seven minute drive. And that was when I knew our run defense was going to be a problem. Now we got away with it against the Cardinals. We were fine against the Cardinals. We was fine against the Steelers. Then we played the Texans with a really good rookie running back. He had 100-something yards. And I was like, judging by what I know about what the commanders have done in the past and this run defense, they're going to copy this same game plan. Oh, and yeah, that's the reason why the Texans game was close. 
because they run the ball, run the ball down our throats, and they kill us with short passing once they catch our defenders with their heels on their heels trying to creep up a little bit, then they throw it right behind them. That's all the Texans did. And they almost won the damn game. But the Eagles pulled away because they were able to tighten up in the goal line when they had to. And, you know, they they were scoring. I mean, Goddard was a beast. Man, against the Commanders, I just I just sat there and watched the Commanders just drive up and down the field, five-yard runs, six-yard runs, seven-yard runs, with Brian Robinson, who is made to do stuff like that. And then every now and then, they bring in Antonio Gibson. Man. And another thing. See, also, while I was nervous about this game, there was way too much talk about the Eagles going 17-0. and It was getting on my nerves. They were never going to go 17-0. and This isn't that type of team. I wouldn't even have liked it because that would have made me even more nervous. I don't care about going 17-0. and I want to win the Super Bowl. No one's going to remember, really. They, uh, they will remember, but it will be cooler and you have more bragging rights if you won the Super Bowl. You play to win the game, like Herm Edwards said. Now, when it comes to this game, I mean, yeah. Thank, thankful, thankfully, because of Washington Commander's undisciplined uh, nature and nonsense. They had some dumb penalties to help us get a score. They scored 14 points because of a turnover and the dumb penalties. But other than that, they dominated time of possession. And I'm like, we really about to let this happen. This is really happening. But in the second half, in the second half, we had held them to what, three points? We had held them before the garbage time touchdown. We had held them to six points. And they only got that extra three points. They only got the extra three points because of the dumb turnover from Dallas Goddard that was a face mask. And here we go again. We're blaming refs. I mean, come on. The missed face mask was bad. And now Dallas, Dallas Goddard is hurt. He isn't coming back for weeks. He's not coming back until probably the Cowboys game. Imagine if that face mask didn't happen. And then third down. This is a situation the Oklahoma Sooners suck at. Third down. You make a stop. You get the ball back. And you have a chance to win the game. Despite all the stuff that happened. Everyone's locked up. Everyone's locked up. And then we get to Taylor Heineke. He knows no one's open. He's about to be sacked. He decides to take a knee instead of just, you know, falling down and laying down like everyone else does. He decides to take a knee and he's kind of getting up. It's hard to hear that whistle with the crowd yelling like that. I'm not sure if the guys heard the whistle, but they kind of saw him get up. Graham and Reddick ran into Taylor Heineke and he flopped and he got the call. Game over. I was so mad about that call. The face mask. I mean, what can you do? I'm mad about it, but I'm like, we should have never let it get to that point. Same thing with the the roughing the passer. Shouldn't have let it get to that point. But that was just bad. 
that was just bad. The refs did not help us, but you just cannot. And I got the stats right here. You just could not, under any circumstances, give up 40 minutes of time of possession. 40 to 19 time of possession. 152 rushing yards. That's actually not as bad as I thought. Commanders, 49 rushing attempts to the Eagles, 20. That's too many. So despite all that, the Eagles still had a chance to win. And if it wasn't for the two turnovers, probably would have won. They need all that stuff to happen for the commanders to win. You just can't let it happen. This is the NFL. You can't just keep giving people opportunities like that. Unbelievable. And now the whole league, everyone's fan base is celebrating. I knew we were in trouble when Quez Watkins fumbled that ball. He caught a perfect pass. Well, not that perfect from Jalen Hurts. Got up, thought he can outrun everybody, which is cool. He's the fastest guy on the team. But then he carries the ball like a loaf of bread and he gets stripped. Unbelievable, man. I'm I'm just, I just can't believe you lost this game. Just the way they lost. Now we can quit this 17-0 talk. Because it was ridiculous from the beginning. It was too much of it. I was getting nervous. Well, hey, Washington Commanders fans are happy. The fan base is united. They're motivated. They're happy to be fans. And I'm like, great. That's cool. You better not make the playoffs. Because you will probably have to play against the Eagles, who you escaped and stole a victory from. The Vikings, who you escaped and, and almost beat. I mean, you didn't escape. You almost beat them. But next time, these teams aren't going to be playing with you. So if you sneak in the playoffs, you in trouble. They just put up a, a graphic by uh, First Things First. They just put up a graphic, and they said um, the Steelers started 11-0, and and they lost in the wild card. Because they lost like five of their last six games. They lost to Baker Mayfield. <laughs> 2021. Yeah, the Cardinals were the last undefeated team. They started 7-0. and And they lost in a wild card. We're not losing in a wild card, dog. Because who are we going to play in a wild card? Only thing I'd be worried about is if we play like a Tampa Bay in a wild card. That's it. Other than that, maybe a, maybe a San Francisco. That's it. I'm not worried about Seattle. I'm definitely not worried about the Washington football team. I'm not worried about the Giants. Not worried about these teams. If we play them, if we end up in wildcard weekend as a number two seed, we can take care of business and beat these teams. Even if the Dallas Cowboys end up there somehow, somehow, some way, and take care of them too. I'm not that worried. Everyone wants to see the downfall of the bird, but they ain't going nowhere. They are not going anywhere. So Washington commanders, you can put your left hand down because your ceiling is the wild card. I said your ceiling is the wild card. Enjoy this win. Celebrate as much as you can. Get it out your system. There's still eight games left. Seven for you. 
But you in trouble. And if you see us a third time, you will lose by double digits. And that's on everything. Oh, yeah. And I kind of, you know, Heineke flopping and then Casey Tuhill doing the gritty. Okay. All right. That, see, I take that stuff personal. And, you know, Cowboys been waiting to call us frauds. You lost to the Packers. What? You're six and three. You're behind the New York Giants. You should be worrying about getting second place in the division before you worry about the burp. But, you know, y'all going to see. Y'all going to see, man. We're still number one in the NFC. Because we beat the Vikings. Don't worry, their time is coming too. Uh, if they beat the Cowboys, I mean, if they beat the Cowboys, I'm not sure if they're going to beat the Patriots. I'm not sure if they're going to beat the Jets. Like, I, their time is coming too. However, I am worried about potentially if the Eagles do get to the NFC Championship, having to play against the Vikings, whether it's in Philly or Minnesota. I feel like. A rematch with the Vikings is imminent. Eagles should be ready for that if it comes. But, man, that that game kind of makes me nervous, too. Now, the Eagles better figure this out, this run defense thing out. The Cowboys have a similar problem, by the way. If you heard my last episode, uh, the Cowboys did a similar thing where they needed to make a stop, and they gave up a long drive of mostly runs, and then that just opened up the RPO and the short passes, and that got them up out of there. So Eagles-Cowboys both have similar problems with run defense, and it's not going to get any easier. Uh, both teams got to play the Colts. Both teams got to play the Titans. Both teams got to play the Giants again. Those are not good matchups. They run the ball very well. So, hopefully, the Eagles figure it out, not the Cowboys. And, you know, we can um, get this show on the road and lock up this number one seed in the NFC and send the Cowboys on the road during wild card weekend, assuming they even make the playoffs because they have some competition if they decide to keep on losing. All right, man. I'm telling you, the Burrow will be okay. The bird will be fine. It's just one loss. Now, hopefully, that'll motivate them to fix some of the things that they struggle with. Like run defense, ill-timed penalties, inconsistent offensive play, inconsistent offensive play calls. Now, hopefully, we can fix that. And hopefully, you know... They can finish this season maybe 14 and 3, 13 and 4. Hey, I predicted what, 11 and 6? I don't think we're going to be 11 and 6. This team is too good. Maybe 13 and 4. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to be 14 and 3. Who am I kidding? We're going to be 14 and 3. <laughs> oh, man. Now, let me talk about these Sooners, man. Let me talk about these Sooners, man. Because I went. To Morgantown. I can't, I was going to say big mistake, but actually, it was fine. The West Virginia fans were nice. I got to spend time with my good friend from Ohio, Zach. And also, you know, I, I got to, I got to see uh, Aaron Wiley and 
my DC Sooner folks. Once again, thank you to our president, Rainy Sewell, president of the DC Sooners, for giving me the tickets. I didn't think I deserved it. I don't know why she gave it to me. I will take it. Well, that's because her mom won the lottery, won the raffle for the tickets, but couldn't go. So she just decided to give it to me because I guess because she used my hat and no one wore a costume. It was supposed to be a costume party. No one wore a costume. I should have wore my money suit. Anyway, that's how I got the tickets. I almost didn't go because I had to deal with my other car being wrecked. And that was the car I was going to take to Morgantown. But I got to go. It's cold and rainy. I am miserable. Miserable. I'm wet. I'm cold. I get a hot chocolate. It helped me pick it up. And also, it helped pick up my spirits. But also, the Sooners were not playing well. Hey, open and dry, they was moving down the field fast. The offense was looking how it's supposed to look. One incomplete, two incomplete. Next thing you know, we're kicking a field goal. And he misses the field goal. We kick a long field goal, he misses the field goal. Bro, it was 0-0 for most of the first half. It was 0-0 for most of the first half. Here's when things change. Things change when A... The Sooners, um, we start breaking long runs with Eric Gray, who had a ridiculous game. I did not know he had this many yards. Um, Eric Gray had 211 yards in two touchdowns. He was outstanding. He started to break some long runs. We missed some wide open uh, receivers, either Dylan Gabriel missed them or the receivers just flat out dropped it. We started making plays. We started scoring. However, West Virginia stayed in it because they put in a man named Garrett Green. And Garrett Green, okay, the first run was okay. The second run, he breaks through. I'm like, who is this guy? Because they benched JT Daniel who was a really highly coveted recruit who went to Georgia, then he went to USC. No, he went to USC, then Georgia. Now he's at West Virginia. He's starting at West Virginia. And let's just be honest, he isn't doing anything in this game against OU. They only had three points. They only had like three points for like 25 minutes of football. They had like three points. They weren't doing anything. They bring this guy in. I thought he was just like a wildcat quarterback. You know, he just comes in. They run a gadget. He goes off the field. The West Virginia fans were like, oh, we just bring him in sometimes. These guys are actually moving the ball with this guy. We can't tackle him. He's too quick. He's too elusive. This guy, about the same size as Johnny Manziel. He's 5'11", 200. Johnny Manziel is six feet two ten. He's the same. He's basically the same size as Johnny Manziel, and he's just as quick and elusive. But he's not as accurate. He don't have the arm strength. Some of his throws were cringeworthy, but somehow, some way, but they were moving the ball, so they decide to keep him in the whole second half. And this guy is killing us. 
not just on the ground because and that's crazy on the ground he had 14 carries 119 yards two touchdowns anytime he was in the goal line he scored we couldn't stop him and then to add injury to insult this guy's throwing jump balls and back shoulder phase for touchdowns man man what I haven't seen green smash like this since the Incredible Hulk. I just sat there with my mouth wide open. I just couldn't believe what was happening. And then it's just, oh, and by the way, one of his touchdowns, there was a big hold on the linebacker. The linebacker that was supposed to have the edge. Well, first of all, he's supposed to get the edge and not let him just waltz into the end zone. But I guess it doesn't help because he's getting held. It doesn't help being held, but still, come on, man. It's just unbelievable. And then some of the dumb penalties, some really dumb penalties, man. Offsides, 12 men in the huddle, just stuff like that. Like, and, and offsides, offsides on fourth and 15. Oh, was it fourth and ten? Offsides on fourth and ten. Oh, and by the way, the Big Twelve came out and said West Virginia got away with a late hit or unnecessary roughness because uh, Colin C.J. Colin uh, caught an interception in the end zone during the offsides, and the receiver just leveled him. They picked up the flag. It's a dead ball penalty, which means they would have marked off. And I told Zach when this was happening that they were going to mark off the offsides and then they were going to move 15 yards back. Fourth and 10 compared to fourth and 25. They converted the fourth and 10. Refs, refs. But you wouldn't need the refs. You wouldn't have to worry about the refs if you were taking care of of your business real talk like you gave up 203 rushing yards and and this time of possession was ridiculous too just like the eagles game just like the eagles game west virginia 37 minutes time of possession oklahoma sooners 22 it just comes down to the same thing just giving up first downs on the ground it cannot happen you have to get off the block. And guess what? This is the interesting part. This is funny. It's less than two minutes ago. It's third and short. Now, we've been in this situation twice. All we got to do is make the stop, and our offense gets the ball back. The Eagles made the stop, but had the dumb penalty to extend it to drive. Oklahoma... The first time against Kansas State, Martinez burst through the line for like a 50-yard gain. First down, gain's pretty much over. Baylor burst through the line. Dude is untouched, going to the end zone. He nails it so they can run out the clock. Now, West Virginia, what happens? They hand it to the running back. He bursts through the line, almost scores. They run out the clock, they kick a field goal, they win, and they sing in country roads. 
I can't believe this team cannot just just gets pushed around week after week. How, what are we recruiting? Or is these the guys that Lincoln Riley left? Because this is sad. Now we are not sure if we're going to even make a bowl game. This is sad. And it shades of 2014 but I looked back at 2014 and saw that that team was eight and four they lost one last game you know what the one last game was they beat Texas this team didn't now I'm not sure see I'm going to the Oklahoma State game I bought my tickets thank God I finally bought my tickets now I am unsure if we're going to win this damn game against Oklahoma State. I am very nervous about this game because they can just run the ball. They don't even, they can keep our offense off the field because they soft. Defense is soft. And that is why West Virginia was able to run out the clock in the second half. There's no reason why this scrawny little quarterback that can't throw runs for 119 yards. But that is a problem we've had all season. They basically took a page out of the Adrian Martinez playbook. And that was the first time West Virginia beat us since 20, not 20, 2007. And what did I see when I first came into that stadium on Saturday? A banner a Fiesta Bowl banner from when they beat Oklahoma. Now, I don't know if that was a troll job or they legit had it there the whole time. But what in the world? It just it, it just ended up being ironic. You have just got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. This, this is really happening. The Sooners and the Eagles lost in similar fashions against inferior teams that they should have beat just the, the mistakes, the run defense, and it's just it's it's unbelievable. And I just hope that both teams get it together because this is sad and it's tough being a fan of the Sooners. The Eagles is fine; they're eight and one. They're still halfway season, halfway, still half of the season to go. Oklahoma, I'm not sure they're going to win another game. Oklahoma State, and in Texas Tech, is an inferior opponent. However, they're a tough opponent, and they are very capable of beating us, especially in Lubbock. What in the world is going on in Norman, Oklahoma? I'm going to have to see for myself. I'm flying out Oklahoma Thursday. The game's on Saturday, and hopefully these guys can show some fight. All right, man. Now let me talk about these Wizards. The Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards are 8-6. and six. Now, I was worried for a second. I was very worried for a second because there was a stretch in time where the Wizards just looked like they were playing for the number one pick. The Nets blew us out by 40. But ever since the Nets ran us off the floor, the Wizards have won... Five of six? Yeah. No, the Wizards have won four straight. 
four of their last five. They lost to the Grizzlies by six. And that's not bad considering that you were in Memphis and everyone was playing except Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, but before but before the Nets game, though, we had split with the Sixers in a, a back-to-back home-and-home. And, and just before then, it's just inconsistency. I wasn't expecting much from this team anyway. Listen, um, we're getting it together, and we won four straight without Bradley Bill. Porzingis is going off. You know what I'm saying? He, I went to the game. I was very disappointed that not only did Bradley Bill not play in this Memphis versus Washington Wizards game last last Sunday, not only did Bradley Bill not play, John Morant didn't play, Desmond Bain didn't play, Jaron Jackson didn't play. I was there to see John Morant versus Bradley Bill. They didn't play. I still watched. And, you know, my whole role was crowded and I was all bunched up. So I wasn't very happy. But I, I tried to, you know what I'm saying? I, I I checked out the game anyway. I stayed the whole time. And um, it turned out to be fun. It wasn't, it turned out to be fun. We won. We won. We took care of business because we were the healthier team, uh, quote unquote. I still think Memphis was just load managing. So we took care of business because it was a close game. I'm not going to lie. Their backups, once again, showed up to play. Uh, Al Dama was killing us. Steven Adams was killing us. Uh, Tyus Jones is all right. Oh, man. Uh, Dylan Brooks, if he had a better game, it would have been a closer finish. He did terrible. He shot poorly. But all the other guys showed up. But Porzingis was too much. Denny Avia was too much. And we didn't even need Kuzma to do anything. Because Porzingis went off. Avia went off. So, these guys handled business against Memphis. And, you know, I can't wait for my next Wizards game. Hopefully, everyone plays. It's it's a game against the Clippers in December. Hopefully, John Wall plays. Hopefully, Bradley Bill plays. And I have a good game. Hopefully, it's not the second game of a back-to-back because what the heck. I think both teams were playing back-to-backs. No, I don't think. Wait, no. I don't think Memphis because Memphis had played on Friday. Surely they didn't play on Saturday, right? I don't know. Anyway, they low managed. They low managed and they almost stole a victory, but poor Zingas caught fire and we killed him. We beat the Jazz, who the media was hyping up. We beat the Mavericks, who had Luka Doncic playing. That really shocked me. I wasn't expecting that. So we won those games, beat the Hornets on the road, first game without Bradley Bill. And this team, all of a sudden, is fifth in the East. But I've seen this movie before. They start off in the top half or or look like they're going to be in the playoff mix and then they just fall off. I don't know what's going to happen from here, man. If the playoffs started today, they'd played Cleveland and I'd really be worried that they wouldn't win more than one game. But I ain't worried about it, man. Um, 
I just hope they can keep this up. They're playing really well. Uh, Jordan Goodwin's playing well. Porzingis is looking like an all-star. Um, just got to keep it up. I know it's hard because it's the Wizards, but they can do it. Now, also, during my little podcast hiatus, I went to the Garden. And I had to see Trey Young. Because Trey Young is the king of New York. But this game, he was pressing. He was shooting a little too much. The shots weren't falling. They got down like 23. I was like, this is not going well. However, I got a little hope. Ironically, it happened when Trey was on the bench. DeJounte Murray was still in the game. He was at point guard, and he was going off. But right before he started going off in the second quarter, the Hawks were called for two illegal screens, and it happened while DeJounte Murray had the ball. When they called that, I see why the opponents goal 10 right after foul calls. DeJounte Murray hit both shots during those illegal screens. And I was like, oh, this guy's on fire. This guy's feeling it. And then what do you know? He started hitting every shot he threw up in the second quarter. And then Trey Young came in the game, and he started getting going. And now, all of a sudden, it's an eight-point game. It's a six-point game. And they go on a halftime, down eight. I was like, oh, it's a brand-new ball game now. And sure enough, listen, Trey Young got knocked out. In the third quarter, got hit in the eye by Julius Randle. He stayed out the rest of the quarter. But um, that is when you start getting the role players. Uh, The Holiday Brothers, that's not Drew. They started cooking. DeAndre Hunter started cooking. John Collins started cooking. DeJounte Murray was getting steals and taking it to the other end. So it was a different type of Trey in New York type of game. So he came back in the game in the fourth quarter with some goofy looking glasses. But it was needed. He only scored two points. Once again, he tried to press. He tried to do too much. But it was out of his hands. His teammates had a handle on it. And the Knicks, who they made like seven threes in the first quarter, first half. They could not miss. Everyone was hitting three. Even Harkenstein was hitting threes. Talk. Obi Toppin was hitting threes. Everyone was making, they were making everything. But I was like, there's no way they can keep this up. And then they let the Hawks get back in the game. The Jonte Murray was outstanding. I don't have a stat line, but he had 36 points. And he had 63 fantasy points. And he had six steals. I'm not even kidding. He had six steals. And like two blocks. This guy was unbelievable. He had probably one of the best games of his career at the Garden. And that made me a fan of DeJounte Murray. And now the Hawks, they have a better record than the Wizards. They just beat the Bucks again. They beat the Bucks two out of three already. This Hawks team, I am telling you, they have one of the best guard combos in the league. DeJounte Murray just gives them an extra piece that just makes them dangerous. 
on both ends on the floor. And then they got all these guys with long arms. DeAndre Hunter. The big O. Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but he played with the Ball Brothers. You got John Collins. You got Capella. All these guys, you can't. It's hard to get anything at the rim because they are just contesting everything. And then you got these guards who can score at will anytime they feel like. I'm telling you, this is a dangerous team. And not just because they got Trey Young. That DeJounte Murray addition just makes them more dangerous. I don't know whose idea was it to trade for DeJounte Murray. But it's genius. And I hope they keep it up. Because this team is for real. I don't know how they lost to Utah. But this team is for real. And you're going to have to see them come playoff time. Hey, I would love to see them at the Garden on December 7th. But I can't because I'll have my own playoff game. I'll have my own basketball game. I skipped that one on November 2nd. But December 7th, no, I got to play in this one. This is the playoffs. (laughs) I got to play in that one. But, hey, it it was fun seeing Trey Young at the Garden. It's so much fun. Uh, Oh, yeah, and by the way, the Caps are still Cap. I know y'all are tired of hearing that by now, but they are Cap. See, you can just throw out the cap cycle because I have no idea what these guys are doing. We played a game where we didn't have Oshie. We didn't have Carlson. We still don't have Backstrom. So, yeah, we were missing some defensemen against Pittsburgh, and I was like, no problem. Pittsburgh has lost six in a row. They lost to Pittsburgh 4-1 at home. Game over. Out of all the teams to lose to, you just do not lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins. You just don't. We lost to them 4-1. to one. And surprise, surprise, the Pittsburgh Penguins just lost their latest game. So this team sucks. This has got to be the worst Penguins team I've seen in a while, and the Caps lost them. Now, thankfully, they rebounded from that embarrassment and beat the Lightning 5-1. But, of course, the Lightning weren't going to take that laying down especially when we had to play them in Tampa Bay two year, two days later. And, of course, we lost. Caps are all over the place, man. I mean, they had an epic game. Connor McDavid and Alex Ovechkin put on a show. I wish I would have been there, but, you know, I missed it. I mean, uh, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll catch them next year. But they put on a show, and the Caps edged that. And, you know, they lost a close one to... The Coyotes lost the Red Wings. They lost to the Golden Knights. Man, they, I think I saw that shootout against the Golden Knights. No, I was listening to it on the radio. And I was like, damn. The shootout that I saw was the uh, the Hurricanes one. And I was like, once it went to a shootout, I just knew we were going to lose. And we did. Hell. I mean, this this team, man. And I'm looking at the standings, and it's just we're already behind, okay? We're already behind. Let me see right now. Let me see. Yeah, see, we are the Caps. The Caps are eight points back of the Devils. The Devils are leading the Metropolitan. They've won nine straight. That's crazy to me, bro. That is insane. Anyway, that's not going to last. Capitals are 7-8. Uh, 
and two, right? Yeah, you got 16 points. You're tied with the Flyers. That that blows my mind too. But it's early. It's November. Hopefully, somehow, some way, they go on a streak like the Devils are going on right now, and you know we can show them what the real is. Because this doesn't make sense. And Caps and the Penguins, six and seven in the Metropolitan. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But in a year where Kansas starts out 5-0 and and um, TCU and Kansas State are playoff contenders, I, I don't know what is real anymore anyway. And also the Giants are freaking 7-2. Like, I, I shouldn't even be surprised at these NHL standings. Everything is just all twisted up and upside down. And then and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are mid now. Like, it's 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 nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> but the Cats, I, they're just inconsistent. Um, I think they'll do enough to make the playoffs. After that, it just looks like another first round exit. I just hope that you know when we get Backstrom back, hopefully we can just um you know, bring back that veteran championship magic and we can make a run at the Stanley Cup. And, you know, maybe we're celebrating down Pennsylvania Avenue, but it just, from the looks of it, man, I just don't think so. I think we're screwed. I think this is another first round exit. And then I don't know what they're going to do. You got to keep the team together as long as Ovi is there. But as soon as he leaves, we need to rebuild. Period. That's all I'm going to say, man. That's the, the cats are all cat. <laughs> oh, by the way, another thing about Tread the Garden. Um, so at that Knicks game, you had Gary V there, Floyd Mayweather, Gerald McCoy, Spike Lee, Allen Houston, John Starks, Amari Stoudemire, Michael Strahan, Fat Joe, Tracy Morgan, and Dominique Wilkins. This is just a random Wednesday night. All of these guys were there. Well, Dominique Wilkins announced for the Hawks, but all of these guys were there, and they're probably celebrities I ain't seen and didn't notice. And this was just a random Wednesday in New York City. That's crazy, man. Man, oh, man. I would love one. Oh, I mentioned Spike Lee, right? Yeah, he's always there. But I would love to be on Celebrity Row one day. Like, it's just, it's always a party, man. It's always a party at Knicks game. It's just too bad the team's trash. And you know that. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Breaking news. Breaking news while I was recording the show. Mike Tebow is retiring. Mike Tebow, the legendary coach who coaches the Mystics. He's retiring. I, You know, I kind of want to call him Greg Popovich of the WNBA. I, maybe he's like Don Nelson. It, it, he's been coaching a long time. We got him a title in 2019. Uh, we were a very competitive team the last three years. But it's just, man, who's going to coach now? Who's going to coach now? Will it be his son? His son took over uh, for a game or two. 
when he was sick, I guess when he had COVID, he took over. I wonder if he's going to run the team or are we going to get somebody from the outside to replace Mike Tebow? A veteran coach for a veteran roster. That was great. It was a nice setup. Now we got to look somewhere else. And I'm just like, I I, I don't know. I, what are we going to do? It doesn't matter. We got the pieces to make a run. We got the pieces to win it all. We just got to have the right coach in place to make this thing happen and to stir this drink. And also, we got a top five pick in the draft. Things are looking up for the Mystics. Now, even if you don't want to use that top five pick, we can trade that for more assets or for future assets down the road. Because who knows, when we want to rebuild, hey, we got all these first-round draft picks. We can rebuild, and we can look like the dang Indiana Fever or the Atlanta Dream. You see how fast the Dream got good or the Liberty. It can happen. So, hey, uh, congrats to Mike Tebow on a great career. I'm going to miss him as our coach. Uh, let's see what happens. I'll be watching. The draft is in April, so let's just see what happens. All right, man. Anyway, I don't even know what I was talking about. I was talking about celebrities at the Garden, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I, hopefully, I'm one of them one day. Uh, real quick, some quick takes. Uh, LAFC and Houston Astros. LAFC and Houston Astros won their prospective leagues. I was watching the LAFC game while I was kind of watching OU get pushed around by Baylor. I was peeking at the LAFC game, and that was a classic. I need to go back and watch the highlights again because what a game. It looked like LAFC was going to run away with it. And then Philadelphia got two, you know, one header. I I swear to God, the guy was offside. And then another goal it was just another fluke you know play um but philly took a 3-2 lead and then lafc at the last minute tied it up and forced a shootout and then they etched them no they actually philly didn't make a single shot in the shootout that's crazy but anyway everyone was just some people were just just didn't understand why there was a shootout to decide a game. It's not like hockey. You just keep playing. I don't know. It sounds good to me on FIFA, the video game. But in real life, I don't know. To determine a championship, maybe we should revisit that. But on FIFA, it makes a lot of sense. Because I ain't about to sit here all day trying to score a goal. Or maybe you should do golden goal like I did when I previewed the game on FIFA I think it's 21 I was playing. No, no, no. FIFA 22, I previewed the game, right? I had LA. I was up 2-0 and then gave up two straight goals and went to overtime. And then I put it on golden goal, golden goal instead of classic because I wanted to get it over with. I gave up the goal that put Philly up 3-2 and that was it. The same thing happens in real life, but they had to keep going because it was classic and not golden goal. Congrats to LAFC, a bunch of really good foreign players on their team. Um, 
sucks for Philly, you know, and then at the same time, their baseball team lost. They lost to the Astros. The Astros was just too much. Jeremy Pena, and then once again, uh, Jordan Alvarez with a big home run. I think it was in game six. Um, It's just, these guys were just too much. I started to realize kind of at the beginning of the postseason that they were going to win it all, that they were the best team. And they probably were going to be ready for the Dodgers if the Dodgers got through what they were going to get through, but they couldn't get past the Padres. But the Phillies' bats cooled down. The Phillies' bats cooled down. The pitching finally lost their magic, too. Unlike the Nationals, who played, who was heavy on their starters and barely used their bullpen, Philly did not do that. <laughs> and ultimately, it cost them because their bullpen could not hold up because they weren't getting run support. But congrats to the Astros. Congrats to LAFC. I'm cool with the Astros winning. Nobody from the NL East won. So I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'll take it. The Dodgers ain't win. Well, I would have been cool with the Dodgers winning. But, you know what I'm saying? None of the teams I dislike won. So I'll, I'll take it. I don't really dislike the Astros. And Dusty Baker finally won a World Series. You, you got to be happy about that. No matter what the Astros history is, Dusty Baker won a World Series. He's been close so many times. And he finally, it finally happened. I'm so happy for the guy. He's a baseball lifer, and he's done tremendous things for the sport. And he's just an overall great guy. So, happy for him. Shout out to all my Houston fans, especially, you know, certain cute ones on Twitter. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just congrats to them. I'm looking forward to next year's MLS and MLB seasons. Hey, let's get it. Uh, Steve Nash and Frank Wright got fired. Steve Nash, they had been calling for him to be fired since last year. KD almost left because he wanted him gone. They kept Steve, Once they kept Steve Nash after that fiasco, I was like, oh, he's here to stay. And then the Nets, man, they started off like 2-6, and 2-7. And, and the next thing you know... You know, he's fired. I'm like, wow. So then they decide, hey, maybe we should hire Ime Udoka. And then after milling around for a few days and that controversy, they decide to keep it in-house and hire Jock Vaughn. They should have hired Jock Vaughn from the beginning. But... You know, hey, Steve Nash was a cool hire, and the players were cool with him, and this didn't work out. Ime Udoka would have been very controversial, but it would have made sense. He had came from there. He was there when they almost made the conference finals. Like, it made a lot of sense. He was suspended, and it was and it was their chance to, to take him off of Boston's hands while they had a chance. It didn't work out. But the Nets are rolling now. They blasted the Wizards. They blasted the Knicks. Not sure how they lost to the Lakers without LeBron James. That that just makes no sense. 
But, you know, they, they got it going now. And Jock Vaughn is the coach. So, you know, happy for him. Let's see what happens. Oh, Desmond Bain. Oh, Desmond Bain is out at least two to three weeks. Oh, my God. So, he got hurt in the Timberwolves game. Oh, so he wasn't low managing. I should have known because he was the only one out of the people I mentioned that were injured from the Memphis Grizzlies. He was the only one not at the game. I was looking for him. So his injury is more serious than I thought. The rest of them guys, well, Jaron Jackson ain't low managing. But John Morant was low managing for sure. But that's your best player, so I understand. I wanted to see him play. There was a bunch of kids in John Morant jerseys. They wanted to see him play. Is what it is. Uh, Frank Wright being fired. I mean, I get it. That's another person they've been calling for his firing for a while. Them losing the Washington game was head scratching. They, hey, listen, I think they won the game the next week, right? No. No, they lost to Washington, right? I think they won the game the next week. But that loss to the Commanders was sickening. You have a nine-point lead with, like, five minutes to go. How do you lose that game? It's just the team was just underachieving. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, you still can't get it done. You can't beat the Titans. And even when you do, it doesn't matter because you end up behind him at the end of the year. So they let him go. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. But the person they hired, Jeff Saturday, it came out of nowhere. They got him off TV. And I guess he was a consultant. So I guess he's really cool with Jim Ursay. I mean, that's fine. He paid for them for a while. He was Peyton Manning's center for forever. I get it. He had never had experience past the high school level. And these guys go out. Of course, it'd be the Raiders to give this guy his first win. Of course, it'd be them because the Raiders are trash. And they are wasting the primes of Derek Carr. I said Derek. Yeah, it is. It is Dave. It's Derek. They're wasting the primes. They're wasting. They're wasting a unique connection between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. And I'm sick about it. It's just unbelievable. I I can't believe they lost that game. Matt Ryan did come back. But that was a winnable game. At home, you're supposed to take care of business. And they didn't. And Jonathan Taylor just came back from the dead. And he had a pretty good game. So now, these Colts got the Eagles next week. And Jonathan Taylor looked healthy to me. So I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. This is not a good matchup for the Eagles. However. The Colts are missing one of their best players, Shaq Leonard's out for the season. Their defense isn't as good as what they used to be. Listen, if we can just somehow stop the run and win time of possession, there's nothing this team can do with us. But here's the thing. We got to stop the run. We don't be doing that. So... You got to figure that out. But Jeff Saturday is a new coach, and I'm just, I was just scratching my head, but it's working. The players are responding to him. It's working. 
They might make the playoffs. So, I mean, if that happens, he might stay the coach. I guess, I mean, if it works out, I guess they know what they were doing all along. But I don't I don't find too many people who agree with the move. But they like the guy. They're responding to the guy. I mean, what can you say? All right. Last thing. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Oh, the Bills and Vikings was outstanding. I was watching pretty much the whole time. Pretty much the whole time. But... Man, the catch by Diggs, then the catch by Justin Jefferson, the catch of the century, but the fumble at the goal, the fumble at the goal line by uh, Josh Allen that led to a touchdown, and then the Vikings kicking a field goal at the end when they could have sealed it. It's just. And then in overtime, the Vikings ran away with it. That's another game I got to watch the highlights of. But that could be a Super Bowl preview if both teams can make it through their respective conferences. That could be a Super Bowl preview. And if the Super Bowl ends up anything like that, if it's those two teams and they play a game like that, I'll be cool with the Eagles not making it because that would be great TV. I will love it. Can't get enough of it. But, man, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs replacement, just going off. Them brothers put on a show. And uh, the Vikings, see, this is why I'm worried about the Vikings. Because they have it all. They got offensive weapons. Defense bends but don't break. Yeah, the Eagles beat them, but that was week two. So, listen, man. These two, these two teams, the Bills and the Vikings, are forces to be reckoned with. But the AFC East is on their, their job. So I don't know if the Bills are going to win the division. But all you got to do is get in, and then they can run the table. I'm just saying, man. The heck of a game. I'm about to go watch the highlights probably right after this show because it was just, it was just great to see as a sports fan. It was just great to see as a sports fan. And it's good to see um, Stephon Diggs doing well because I played against him in high school. I tell the story all the time, you know. But it's good to see him do well. And Jeremiah Tachu plays for the Chargers. I played against him as well. So these brothers are still in the league and they're doing well. So I I like it. Anyway, okay, real quick, GOAT level combo. So challenge yourself and remind yourself you are the GOAT. You're the greatest of all time. You're not afraid of challenges. As a matter of fact, the challenges make you stronger. It makes you go harder. Just like me in Orange Theory, like every time there's a challenge, every time, like capture the flag, like we did to capture the flag. Last time, um, me and my partner only got to 3,000 meters. We didn't get to 4,000. Everybody else did, but we didn't. This time I was determined to get past that not only that me and my partner got past 5,000 meters on the roar we smashed we smashed the record of my last partners and captured the flag every time there's a hell week or um, may mayhem or whatever I turn up now the next thing I need to do there is the little dry try I'm gonna try it one day but yeah, challenge like Michael Jordan. 
I love using Michael Jordan as an example because he's an unofficial face of the brand. It's just every time he took something personally, every time someone says something in the media, every time, you know, it's just he felt slighted. He just turned up and went to another level. That's what you got to do. And in another example is I was watching the Emmett Till movie. And it's just like, it just seems so unfair that that lady lost her son and was thrusted into the civil rights movement. It's just so unfair. You felt strongly. You were so mad about what had happened. It just makes you want to get up and do more and use your talents and gifts to affect the world in a positive way. Challenge yourself to be great. Challenge yourself to be the greatest of all time. Some quick roster moves, more breaking news. More breaking news. So the Nationals agreed to terms with Elder Margo Vargas, who Vargas, who was pretty much our third baseman during the whole second half of the season, post trade deadline. He's okay. He's not a bad piece to have while you're rebuilding. But ultimately, he's not. I mean, he's nothing to be really excited about. Okay. Nationals elected the contracts of infield Jake Alou. Pitcher Matt Cronin. Who? Outfield Jeremy De La Rosa. Pitcher Jose Ferrer. Ferrer? Ferrer? Pitcher Jake Irvin and Jackson Rutledge. Jackson Rutledge. I think he's one of our young guys. Uh, Yeah, he's one of our young pitchers. Uh, We designated right-handed pitcher Tommy Romero for assignment. Well, Evan Lee, Yadiel Hernandez. Ooh, Yadiel. Jackson Tatrode cleared out white waivers and have been assigned outright to AAA Rochester. We put Yadiel Hernandez and Jackson Tatro on Triple A Rochester. Why? Are we signing? Are we signing some free agents? Jackson Tatro, maybe I understand. Yadiel Hernandez is one of our best players. It must. It, you know what? You know what I said earlier this year. I said it's a crowded outfield. I don't know who's going to be playing next year. So there you go. But, you know, you know how it is. He probably he started on AAA last year, and he ended up on the main roster by the end of the year. So, you know, this I think this is just par for the course. He'll he'll be back on the on the uh, field. Um, it, it's um, it's outrage for me now, but it makes sense now that I think about it. Now that I've calmed down and thought about it, it makes sense, actually. Okay. Now it's time for the return of the hypothetical game of the episode. I said body yada 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 shout out to Yadio Hernandez, man. Still uh keeping it real and staying with the nationals uh organization so uh he'll be all right man he'll be on the field like he always is he'll he'll find his way on the nationals roster eventually whatever 
Anyway, hypothetical game of the episode has returned once again. And we have a interesting matchup between the 2021 Wisconsin volleyball team and the 1999 Penn State football team in a game of tag. A game of tag slash hide and go seek at Madison Square Garden. So, be 11 on 11. Wisconsin Volleyball. Wisconsin Volleyball got Lauren Barnes, Georgia Kavitova, Kavita. Bro, I probably said that name wrong. I apologize. And that's a shame because I have a huge crush on the woman. But her, the Italian girl, right? Sydney Hilly, Dana Retke, Grace Loberg, Izzy Ashburn, Devin Robinson, Jade Demps, Anna <laughs> Shrek, or I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to say the name. Well, I would just say Anna, uh, Julia Orzol, Kelly Sheffield, the head coach, the living legend. So, the 2021 Wisconsin volleyball team, 31 and three, they won the national championship. They spanked Minnesota, their rivals, twice in the regular season, and then they came back in the Elite Eight and spanked them again. Well, not really. That was 3-2. But they beat them. They beat them. So, yeah. However, they were in the news recently for having their celebratory picks. And they were they were hot. Leaked. So, they've been on my mind. So, it's cool to put them in a hypothetical. Because, you know. First of all, they were an amazing team. But for, for many reasons. But, you know, it's good to have some fun. You know, I needed, needed some people for hypothetical. And this is one team that came to mind. So I needed an opponent. So I asked Zach for some suggestions. He was like, I don't know, Penn State. He was thinking just strictly volleyball. But, you know, it's hypothetical. We got to go outside of the box. So I said, that's it. I'm going to go 1999 Penn State football. Now, other ideas for opponents I had was 1999 Virginia Tech Hokies, which, by the way, that's the next hypothetical. Virginia Tech 1999 versus Penn State 1999. That will be coming up next episode. That should be a fun one and a much easier one to do. But anyway, 1999 Penn State. Kevin Thompson, Eric McCool. Kevin Thompson was like a receiver. Eric McCool was a quarterback. Eddie Drummond, receiver. Chaffee, Chaffee Fields was a receiver. John Blick. Courtney Brown. I think John Blick was a DB or something. Courtney Brown, All-American. LeVar Arrington, All-American. Legendary Washington football player. And he's a media member now. 
Brandon Short, another All-American. They had three All-American defensive players this 99 team. Mac Morrison, Iskari Adams, Joe Paterno, the legend, the statue, just the legend, the man, the myth, the legend. Joe Paterno, head coach of the 1999 Penn State Nittany Lions. And uh, this team, they went 10-3. and three. They won at Miami. They blew out Arizona when they were ranked number four. The only reason they were ranked number four because they had Dennis Northcutt and they had Trun Candidate. They both played for the Browns. They were both NFL players. I get it. But they finished 6-6, six and six, so that win wasn't that serious. They finished 11th in the country. You know why? Because they started off 9-0. But they lost their last three games. They lost by one against Minnesota. Can't lose that game. Minnesota's unranked. At home, by the way, they lost by four to Michigan, who had won the national title the year before. That's fine, I guess. Then then here's the kicker. They lost by seven to Michigan State. But they were coached by Nick Saban. So maybe I understand that. Okay, fine. Legendary team could have been in a national championship. They were the number two rated team most of the season. Just a straight up disappointment. I'm just keeping it real. I, looking at the stats, look like they can't run the throw the ball, but who could back then? <laughs> anyway, unbelievable. They beat Texas A&M in the Alamo Bowl. That that was pretty cool. But, yeah, just a team, a legendary team that missed out on a lot. They could have won it all. They definitely had the tools. Anyway, in this game, Madison Square Garden, you get tagged, you're out. So, Wisconsin starts on the basketball court. Penn State starts in the theater. That's home base for both teams. Wisconsin splits up in groups of three and four. Head coach goes, okay, head coach from what's name once the game started. Kelly Sheffield started looking for Joe Pa while his team splits up. Joe Pa slowly creeps courtside of Wisconsin, of the Wisconsin base while all the commotion was going on. So he's just sitting there reading a newspaper thinking no one was going to see him. Penn State splits in groups of three and two. The All-American defenders are together. Kevin and Eric are together. Mac, uh, Mackin, Eddie, and Chaffee. For whatever reason, John Blick goes solo. Okay, fine. The losers will be sent to the locker room. When you get tagged, you're supposed to go to the locker room. Home for the Wisconsin women because they had a better record. And they actually won the title. And away for Penn State. So, okay. Lauren and is it Georgia? I don't even know. It might be Georgia. Lauren, Georgia, Sydney, and Dana run into the All Americans. They try to gain up, gang up on them. The All Americans hide. Then Lavar tags Lauren, runs away from Sydney and Dana, and gets away. Courtney and Brandon Short chase. Georgia into the stands. She gets trapped. 
Then a hiding LeVar emerges to tag her as she's leaving the section. All three of those guys spot the other two, surround them, and tag them. It's 4 nothing Penn State. So Penn State is tagged four of her Wisconsin players already early in the game. So Kelly Sheffield sneak up on Joe Paw reading a newspaper. Joe Paw's in his own world just enjoying the mystique of the garden. And Kelly Sheffield tags him, shakes his hand, and they talk a little bit. They laugh, and Joe Paw goes to the locker room because he is out. And Kelly Sheffield retreats to the box office for the theater and the arena, and he just hides out in there and starts watching TV. So Grayson Izzy surprise surprises Mac and Ascari, tags them in the back. They laugh, they run away with Devin, and now it's 4-3 Penn State. So it's getting closer. Now, John, still riding solo, messing around. He's hitting in the suites, but Jade, Anna, and Julia spots him, sneaks up to the suites, and tags him. Now it's 4-4. But the three get caught running around the suite level by Kevin and Eric, but they all tag each other, but Eric escapes being tagged by putting on an epic juke move on Jade and then tags her to the ground once she misses and wipes out. So it's 7-5 Penn State. So only Grace, Izzy, Devin, and Coach Sheffield are still left for Wisconsin. Uh, Penn State, you got the All-Americans, Eddie, Eric, and Chafee still left. So Coach is still in the ticket booth chilling, watching TV. Grace, Izzy, and Devin sneak up on the All-Americans, but they get away. They end up catching Eric alone. They end up catching Eric alone. They tag him. Cool. 7-6 Penn State. The All-Americans spot the women ascending on Eddie and Chafee. Grace and Izzy chase Eddie and Chafee, but they split. Grace and Izzy chase Eddie. And Devin emerges from the concession stand to tag Shafee, so it's 7-7. But Eddie escapes. So Devin immediately gets caught by the All-American guys. 8-7 Penn State. So now Grace and Izzy lose Ed- They did lose Eddie. He's gone. So they they run away from the All-Americans, though. But they are too slow. They split up. They gang up on Grace, 9-7. Um, Izzy tries to get away. She tags Courtney, then runs away, but it's too slow. Gets caught by LeVar and Brandon. Now it's 10-8. Now they got to look for the coach. They call for Eddie. Eddie joins them. They go to the camera room. They spot the coach. They surround the coach. They knock on the door. Coach refuses to answer the door because they know because he knows it's a trap. However, the players text him. They know us. They tell him it's over. They lost. And he surrenders. Game over. So the 1990 state, 1999 Penn State football team wins. And, you know, they take this W. And now next week they will play against the 1999 Virginia Tech Hokies football team. But in an actual football game. Because I want to see what would have happened if those two would have faced off in a championship or in a bowl game. But anyway... That's got to be the longest episode I've ever done. It was fun. It's good to be back on the mic after all the procrastination. 
and exaggeration and sickness and all that. But, you know, it's good to be back on the mic. It was fun. Now, I'm not out. I'm not out. Hey, GoatLevelTees.com for everything. Goat Level. Hold on, hold on. Oh, one last thing. OV, OV passed Gordy Howe for the most goals on one team. I think, yeah, and I think he passed him on an all-time list. So he's second all-time in goal scored. Let me double-check this right now. Uh, let's see. Okay, most goals in NHL history. Let's, uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Well, he almost got him. He almost got him. He's still, he's still 13 away from Gordie Howe, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still 13 away from Gordie Howe. But the most... More than Gordy Howe on one team, though. So he passed him in that. Now you got to catch him on the goals overall. He will, and he'll eventually catch Gretzky, and I can't wait for that day. Anyway, you already know, man, that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.